If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. I'm pumped for the following episode of The Transition as I finally get to sit down with fellow Marine and Bunker Labs New Orleans ambassador, Taylor White, CEO and co-founder of Countable, which provides financial operations and planning for startups and small businesses, empowering entrepreneurs with the financial team they need for growing businesses in the digital age. Taylor is someone whom I admire and deeply respect. Like many of us, he came from humble beginnings, enlisting in the military after high school and learning the art and craft of financial management as a finance Marine, even going so far as earning his degree in business and accounting while taking night classes on active duty and eventually bootstrapping a successful business. He's not someone who beats his chest, but instead spends his time honing his craft and adding value to his clients and those in his network like me. On the show, he opens up about the success and challenges of his business as they reach this next stage of growth, his journey from growing up in a trailer in New Orleans to becoming a Marine, and what motivates him as an entrepreneur and leader in the Bunker Labs ecosystem. Taylor, as well as many of you, represent the best and brightest of our nation's entrepreneurs, and I'm just excited to share his story on the show. Before you hear from Taylor and I, be sure to subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me on LinkedIn at ironmikestedman. I'd also like to encourage you to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step into Greatness, available on Amazon. Last thing, applications are currently open for veterans and residents, our peer-facilitated six-month business incubator that provides veterans and military spouse entrepreneurs a networking community, business skills, and opportunities to help grow and scale your business. You can apply at the link in the show notes as well. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. My man, Taylor, welcome to The Bunker. Welcome back to The Bunker. What's going on, my brother? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. My man, Taylor, every time I see him, he's always looking fresh, looking swole, like he just came from the gym, wearing his American apparel. (laughs) But this guy, man, it's so good to uh, finally get you on the podcast. I know we've overlapped each other for almost like two years now, seeing you at Bunker events. I think the first time you came up to me was in Austin, actually. And I was like, oh, you a Marine? You a finance Marine? Oh, man, we definitely got to talk. And then over the years, just been following your growth. And I was like, I got to get you on the podcast to share your story to the people. So, man, I'm honored to have you here with us today. Yeah, man. No, it's a pleasure to be here because uh, same, right? Like uh, overlapping over all these years, right? And, uh, you know, Bunker's been a huge part of that, uh, that, that sort of interaction, right? It enabled us, empowered us to kind of interact a little bit more. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's exciting to to see all this kind of come to fruition, right? You, you, you're building up your brand and, and helping to bring more uh, entrepreneurs together in, in our space. And so uh, I'm just, you know, grateful 
to be in this position, right? To kind of have to have the seat. For those that are not familiar with you, please take a moment and introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, um, my name is Taylor White. I'm the CEO of Countable. Uh, we do financial operations and planning for mostly growth, growing companies or growth stage companies, right? Uh, think like traditional seed uh, uh, through Series A, Series B. Um, and so, yeah, exciting times. I feel like Taylor was one of them guys that came in the military and you had a plan, right? Like, I remember when I was looking to go to the military, I was just like, infantry, infantry, infantry. And I'll meet these people who go in, they're like, look, you need a job, you need a skill set that you can leverage outside of the military. And we're like, man, what are you talking about? I just want to kick down doors. But when you look at Taylor's background, he is the guy, right? Finance Marine, gets out, works in consulting, does the CPA stuff. Um, I mean, just built a robust, background of expertise in the space he's in now and you've been able to really translate that into your own business which i think is super awesome yeah um gosh that's something that i could probably ramble about a bit because in fact it's quite the opposite right uh came from very humble uh humble means and uh you know joined the marine corps enlisted marine like a lot of other uh, folks coming from humble means right and uh you know searching for that path and in fact, I was originally thinking I wanted to be in, in the infantry, right? Uh, you know, escaping escaping that route, you know, uh, gonna, gonna go to war or something, right? And then thankfully was able to get placed into a finance role. Like, it's kind of like how, how the cards fell uh, at the time. And really didn't even want to stay in finance whenever I, I worked in it. I didn't, didn't really take to it a whole lot. I didn't like that in a large organization like the Marine Corps, right? Um, and then later in my career, when I worked at Lockheed Martin, sort of the same thing where your day-to-day -day wasn't tied to uh, like a tangible outcome, right? It didn't, you couldn't, you couldn't like see and feel the impact you made. Um, and so I think that's kind of what, like that experience uh, in particular is what drove me to search for how to, uh, for like just a deeper meaning of how the world works, right? And and what that did was kind of to force me to turn turn inside myself and and uh, and then eventually realize that like you know people say like surround yourself with the right people right uh, you know what I found is is that not not just surrounding yourself with the right people but figuring out ways to add value to the people around you right to the to the, the you know the most of, most of your ability right and it just so happened that right I had this finance degree that. Uh, you know, I landed in this kind of con uh, consulting role, right? It's kind of how the cards fell. And so, you know, with that unique experience, I met some incredible people who were way smarter than me in the same space, right? And, uh, and you know, in my role today, even one of the most powerful things is that I do ensure that I step back as regularly as possible to, you know, just look at the world in simple terms. And it's like, um, you know, Where's that? Where's that? You know, twenty percent for for that eighty uh, percent benefit, right? Like those just sort of simple principles. And so yeah, not to not to rant too far down that hole, but, but yeah, uh, it's it's wild. It's wild to sort of be in the seat um, as as successful as it may look on the outside, right? Uh, you know, internally we're we're still just like it's you know another day just trying to add value to the people around us. Yeah. So before we went live, Taylor told me he's a little bit of an introvert. He's a quant. He's back there crunching numbers. 
you know, giving financial projections. So we're we're making him uh, step outside his comfort zone and jump on the podcast today. And picking back up where you were just talking about, man, everything we do on this podcast about being honest with people, right? Because it is challenging out there. And if all you do is see entrepreneur on entrepreneurship on Instagram and on the cover of magazines, you're going to think it's all sunshine and rainbows. But you and I both know it's not that, especially with the clients that you're working with. I'm sure you see all kind of cash flow issues. You're like, look, man, this, <laughs> this train is about to go off the track. I know you're out there, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, but we got to fix some numbers. And so I say that to say, would you mind taking off your armor as the CEO of a very successful, you know, bookkeeping firm and talk to us about, you know, the struggles you're facing behind the scenes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was, I kind of touched on it a, a little bit, right. Is, is like, um, and maybe this was before we, we turned on recording, but you know, uh, that there's a ceiling that we reach in, in a company, right. And for us right now is it, it requires smart people, right. Um, we're not a product. We're a service. And so, um, you know, with, with every new person that needs to be added, right. There's a whole bunch of functions behind the scenes that need, that need to take place. Right. Um, you know, not only recruiting, you know, but assuming, assuming that I can, uh, sort of build my brand up enough, right. Or scale myself to recruit more talent. Right. It's like, how do I make sure that that, that those people are aligned with the right clients with that, that, uh, clients needs are aligned with that, that person's skill set. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it becomes challenging, right? Uh, especially, you know, in today's climate as well, right? Is, is the economic situation is not incredible, you know, so money's tighter. There's less money flowing around. Um, and so most of the focus for uh, definitely in our portfolio is tighten spend, right? Um, figure out ways to kind of slow things down a bit. And so, you know, with that perspective, right, and, and our involvement in the company, it's like, it's difficult to, for us to figure out where to draw the line sometimes, right? Because we get so invested in these companies, right? Um, and I guess that's another thing I'll mention is, is, you know, we're working with founders, with people who are very passionate about what they're doing, right? They are building, building teams and they're taking on capital, right? Uh, majority of the companies we work with all, all have received capital, right? So, you think like two, three, five, six, seven, ten million dollars that they've they've received from other people or institutions. And uh and so they're hiring quick, right? There's you know, growing their teams and they're very passionate about what they're doing and, and we we get attached to it, right? So it's like, you know, uh how how do we you know, we, we can't we can't uh we can't fix everything, right? So we have to, you know, balance create a balance between like staying in our, our space, right. And in our lane, if you will, and for being that, that advisor on the outside, um, and not sort of drowning ourselves, you know, to fix companies internally. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's, I guess the, those two things, right. Uh, is, is again, the kind of recap is, is just like figuring out where to draw the line, uh, right. Uh, between, you know, where our involvement and, you know, what what is uh what the company is responsible for, and just like you know, scaling a people heavy organization. How do you balance the mental bandwidth that comes with being responsible for all your clients, as well as the people on your team, and then also you having a family of your own? <laughs> oh man, um, I uh, it's it's like that you know the person on the tightrope. <laughs> 
with holding plates. Um, no, it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it is, so we have a strong culture, um, right. That, that I think we've established everybody that, that works in our, in our company now, right. Has been with us for almost two years. I think, uh, Lindsay's the newest person on our team. Um, and you know, the others, we've worked together for four or five years. And so, uh, that helps, right. Because we're, we've worked together for so long. We've been successful together for so long. Um, so there's a lot of trust, right. And, and that, you know, so-and-so's got it like Monique, like Monique is a rock star. She's got it, right. She's going to handle that situation. Um, Carlos is a rock star and you got it. He's going to handle that situation. Right. And, uh, and I definitely play much more of the, of a bridge between everyone, right. To kind of like reconcile everybody together. Right. And, uh, and sort of, you know, keep us focused on, on, uh, on our clients, like high level needs. Right. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of it, right? Like, uh, that, that's kind of how we're able to gel together. It's just that like high level trust. Right. And then in terms of, uh, balancing with the family, right. Um, a big part of Countable's, uh, you know, concept is to be remote, right? We're a remote, uh, work from home team. We will get together occasionally in person, but we're very much, you know, there's a deliverable that you're expected to provide, right? Um, whenever you want to meet with people, we schedule it, right? No fires. It, it that so that helps to kind of keep the fires to a minimum, um, and it helps us to to sort of check how how much uh, we're meeting and when we're meeting, right? It, it you know it it sort of filters out that excess uh, in meetings that that a lot of companies seem to struggle with, right? They just, they want to meet every day, all day. Uh, interrupt each other every day all day hmm. um and so yeah. that's helped to that's helped to set a little bit of, of a boundary right uh to, to save that time for family so what i will also share is on my calendar it's i have one calendar so i don't believe i don't believe in personal versus business um i believe that that's like a, a societal um like structure that you know that was placed on us right i think that it's just like one there's one flow of life right that we we're just like living and uh and so you know on my calendar i do block time for personal right like this is my time and even during the business day i have focused time that i schedule um you know two hours a day at a minimum that i need to like have to myself no matter what it's not available um and so you know i, I do try to be intentional about about having that family time and prioritizing it's it's a balancing act man uh, I like your comment about like, this is just all one life, right? Because in previous generations, right? Working was a part of your identity, right? It's, it's what you do. Um, but I guess for me, the reason I was asking, I was telling on myself, y'all. So I'm gonna go ahead and take off my armor. Yo, sometimes my phone gives me um, anxiety, all right? Email gives me anxiety at times because I'll tell you, you know, I'm a, people think I'm an extrovert because I'm very social and jovial and all that stuff. But I'm also really, I'm really an introvert. I spend a lot of time by myself working on projects and stuff when it comes to getting deep work done. But man, there are times where like I'm on, I can take it, right? The emails, the phone calls. But when I'm feeling off, it just feels so overwhelming. You know, I'm like, I got all these missed calls, emails calling. Uh, I call it death by a thousand cuts, you know? Because people don't realize, they're like, oh, can I get 15 minutes? Can I get 15 minutes? And it's like, bro, I'm eating lunch at my desk. <laughs> like, 
if I give you 15 minutes, I might even have a chance to eat lunch. And so I'm, I'm, you gave me a million dollar insight of like, yo, if you want to meet with me, you got to fill out this contact form, you know? So I'm coming into it ahead of time or I at least have some um, context of what we're about to talk about. And I think that could be helpful. And I think that's too for, and don't take, get offended by this y'all, but for the community too, because, you know, I get it, right? Guys like me and Taylor, we're in the bunker. Y'all see us out here hooking and jabbing. Everybody wants, can I get five minutes? Can I get five minutes? Can I get five minutes? But that's why we do stuff like this, right? So we can share the insights and knowledge at scale. But man, at times it gets overwhelming, that mental bandwidth. And so I appreciate you sharing, you know, your, what you do to deal with it. Um, and again, sometimes I'm on, like I'm, I'm fine. But like last week I was at the Milvet Startup Conference. I'm getting all these phone calls and stuff. I'm like, I'm out of pocket, man. Let me just enjoy this conference. You know, stop stressing me out. Got to get back to people. You know, um, so uh, but working out, man, just coming back here, being back in Newark, getting back to the gym, drinking water. I feel so much better already. But it's that stuff that you got to do consistently, um, you know, because um, Dr. Nate Zinzer in his book, The Confident Mind, he, call, he calls it the mind body connection. Right. And so you start to feel things when you're off, you know, like you're not sleeping good. You're anxious. Right. You haven't been working out as opposed to just kind of being aware of like, yo, man, why am I off? Why am I not on my A game? And then bringing it back. So that's something I'm super conscious of um, as well. Yeah, man. Um, it's very, very relatable. In fact, right, I know you were at Milvet uh, last week, and this is the second Milvet, right? I mean, that I was, you know, would want it to go, right? Was trying to plan it to go and just couldn't even, uh, couldn't even, pull the time together to make it out there like it's you know completely just too consumed by what's going on uh, here and it's like you know uh you know, at some point right like i'm sure that there's some folks out there uh that it would be great to connect with right you could maybe be a good fit for them um but you know we just we have a lot of demand as it is here uh and so it would be a distraction it would be more of a drain on me which would then uh you know, anybody I would connect with who would be want to reach out, I wouldn't even have the bandwidth to provide value to them, right? So, uh, so yeah, extremely relatable. So, I want to take us back, Taylor. How did you get connected with Bunker Labs? Oh, okay. Um, so, wow, back when I could, I'll, 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 this, I'll, I'll approach it this way, coming from the transition, first of all, right? So, <clears throat> Transition out of the Marine Corps is something you can relate to. Uh, it's the theme of this podcast, right? It's like, what, you know, what the hell am I going to do with my life uh, on this way out, right? I, I've always been someone that uh, that I'm very scrappy, right? Like I, I think mo most entrepreneurs are. Uh, but before you're an entrepreneur, before you take that leap, right, you, you're like finding it in yourself, right? You're like, how do I how do I get to where I want to be, right? Uh, sort of sort of situation, and. So I'm like looking, I'm digging, I'm coming across all these different organizations. And it's like, you know, uh, which, what are the options? What are the possibilities, right? And I'm fighting. Um, you know, thankfully I was in school at the time. I took night classes while I was on active duty and was able to be, you know, through that, net, through the network of school professors and such, like it was in, it ended up connecting with a lot of, uh, a lot of folks who are in the professional services space. Um, and I'll give a couple of shout outs, like uh, this guy, Scott Whitty. Uh, he's a director over at Ernst & Young here in New Orleans. Um, he, he hooked me up essentially with a whole bunch of other like veteran, mostly uh, veteran officers, right? But uh, 
you know, these veteran officers who kind of became mentors of mine and just like started to help me to realize that like the goals that I had were possible. Right. And so, you know, I lead with that because those are like the early foundational days that started to like set the stones of like, okay, you know, this is possible. This is possible. This is possible. And, uh, and so with that, right. Like, you know, uh, went to, I left the Marine Corps, went to Lockheed in that, uh, finance role. Right. And then, uh, ended up finishing school, uh, at UNO, uh, here in New Orleans. Right. And got an accounting degree and a business degree, two degrees there. And, uh, and then landed a consulting role at a large public accounting firm, uh, called Car Riggins and Ingram and was fortunate enough there to be able to get a whole bunch of different experience in a whole bunch of different spaces, which so like, right, like that specific knowledge. And that's where I met a bunch of smart folks and saw how kind of archaic the industry was. So this is kind of like how that, how this all kind of came to be, right? Saw, saw like the accounting and finance space was very archaic, very disconnected, right? Uh, you know, these really smart people were only showing up once companies were like in bad situations. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> you know, we started to like explore the idea of taking the leap. There was just so much demand, uh, for the type of work that we do. And, uh, and, you know, at that point I had already been kind of looking out there to build my network, right? I had realized how valuable having a, a big network is, right? And, uh, and, and came across a bunker from, you know, some other folks in Louisiana who were similar to me, Andrew Ward, uh, is is a name I'll drop here. You know, the guy in Bunker with me. And at the time, Andrew uh, was starting to kind of lay the groundwork for AVA, Acadiana uh, Veteran Alliance, out of Lafayette, a nonprofit. Um, and, you know, we were just on kind of similar paths. And uh, they had been trying to launch Bunker here in Louisiana for a couple of years, right? And so it just made sense, uh, you know, for us to kind of work together. And an attempt to try to you know plant that flag for Louisiana, which didn't really have much of a presence, and uh, and then you know Bunker had these couple of events these past past couple of years, right, which were incredible uh, to be a part of, right. That's, that's what what pulled us together, allowed us to meet, um, and uh, and I guess you know circling back to to you know your original question, right? It's just like I. Uh, you know, just looking for looking for a way to sort of, you know, one, build my network with people with commonality right? Uh, to me. Right. Entrepreneurs, veterans, very obvious there. And uh, and then figure out a way to add value to them. Right. Uh, as much as I can to as many as I can. And uh, and so it just, you know, it it was magnetic. Right. It, it, I was I was drawn towards the community. Man, that's dope, man. And I'll tell you, man, I'm so thankful for Bunker. And I'm not saying it's just sound cliche. I had no desire to be in the to be Mr. Veteran when I left the military. I was just about to be out here in the wild looking crazy um, in Newark. But then, man, I got plugged in. I was like, this is dope. And you're right. For a lot of us, it is our professional network. You know, you worked in corporate America. I was working at a private school for kids. And then I transitioned into entrepreneurship. But like, if it wasn't for Bunker Labs, I probably wouldn't have the network I have now. Granted, I have the Naval Academy background and the Marines, but just like you said, commonality, right? As soon as you approach me in, in, down in Austin, you dap me up. You're like, hey, what's up, Mike? You know, my name's Taylor Marine. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? You know, I go out to Milvet. It's all love out there. I'm like, oh, these are my people. What's up? You know, because we've followed each other over the years. 
Some I've had on my podcast. Others I haven't necessarily met in person, but heard their reputation. And it's great to have this orbit. And, you know, last week I released an episode around advice for a transitioning veteran because someone reached out to me. And the number one piece of advice I told him, I was like, get plugged into an ecosystem. Now, obviously, we're biased towards bunker. We're bullish on it. But just get in an ecosystem, man. Start learning. Start paying attention. Um, and that's where you're going to source ideas. And that's also going to be the community that you're going to need to lean on, you know, when you do start launching businesses and you get punched in the face because you need that support network. Dude, i never forget, man, I, when I quit my job and I told all my classmates from the Naval Academy, my, like, trusted friend group, they were all worried. They were like, oh, man, I hope you're making the right decision. Da -da -da. All my entrepreneurial peeps were like, hey, congrats, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got it. And it's just night and day, right? A hundred percent, man. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, I love it. I, I, I mean, I just I, I could never go back to I could never go back to work in a job for one organization unless. Unless the organization is something that I feel like drawn to. Is that, if that does that make sense? Right. right. Uh, it's yeah. just <clears throat> for me, it's 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 so much more than, than money. Right. It's 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 like uh, just purpose. One thing I didn't ask you was what made you enlist in the Marine Corps? I know you said you came from humble beginnings, but you're a smart dude, right? Not saying that if you enlist, you're not smart. I'm just saying that, like, yo, Taylor <laughs> looks like, yo, you could be an officer as well, you know, but you decided to go the enlisted route. Yeah, so uh, so I grew up in a in a small, um, small rural area uh, called Berwick, Louisiana, in southern Louisiana, and uh, in a trailer park. Um, behind the projects and uh you know was uh was a pretty a pretty small area right like a pretty small school uh so i had friends whose parents were successful right and it's like you know um i just grew i grew up very curious about how the world worked right um you know and i felt like i could get along with anybody and that i trusted that the people around me were were all trying to do their best right like everybody's just trying to like operate in the best way that they can and uh and so i guess on that same note i was always kind of looking st still trying to figure out a way to be successful by my own uh definition because <clears throat> of course like we, we you know we, we want uh we want to yeah well i guess successful is the term right like we, we want to be successful and, and and for me success is providing value at scale right um and and like believing in it right <clears throat> so man through high school i didn't know what that what you know what what would determine success i didn't know uh beyond like just having a good time right with the people with the people around me right like going through school uh, i wasn't a great student as a kid i was like the class clown right i'm like you know getting distracted and like cutting up with my friends right like you know, I played sports, uh, so, you know, team dynamics uh, were, were something that I believed in. Uh, I played baseball and football growing up a bit. And uh, and then whenever I graduated high school, I hadn't even taken the SAT yet. Like if, I think that's what it was called, SAT. I mean, we took the ACT, but, but in either way, right? Like I hadn't even taken that yet. Um, you know, I didn't really have someone speaking to me. I think like a guidance counselor is supposed to help you connect those dots. Like I ain't nobody talking to me about that. 
And so, uh, yeah. so I was just unsure, man, of, of what, uh, of what I was going to do. And so I, uh, you know, in fact, didn't even join the Marine jet. I like tried to get a job and was like, this is terrible. I was like working in an oil field and then try to save some money up and go to college. I went to school in Lafayette, Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, UL, University of Louisiana, Lafayette, partied, got a job at, uh, at a nightclub while also working during the day at Best Buy in Circuit City, like one, one in each. A buddy of mine was like an assistant manager at Circuit City, a uh, great guy, uh, been very successful in his life till today, great friend of mine. But uh, it was just so unsure, man, of what I was going to do and, you know, ended up running into a recruiter. And it's like, man, like th this, I think this is for me, right? Like I was connected to that, like, you know, that camaraderie team dynamic situation, right? And whenever I joined, I mean, I'll be honest, man, boot camp is what showed me that like commitment to action, right? Like you plan and you execute, right? And, and when you plan and you execute and you do that over and over again, you don't be afraid to fail, but like you keep executing that like shit is going to yeah. come together. Like shit's going to come together, you know? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what drove me to the Marines. And then I'm telling you, man, it's like I, I went to boot camp. I was an honor grad uh, in boot camp. Like crazy. Uh, wild that that even happened. And like I still remember like the Eagle Globe and Anchor. I'm sure you do too, right? And uh, and like from that moment on, dude, it was just like a chain reaction of like wins, you know, with, with the occasional setback, really? right? But like, but just like it, if you want it, you can have it kind of thing. Taylor's Taylor's got he's humble bragging y'all. He was a beast in the Marine Corps. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Came in there, undergrad, right? <laughs> Yo, I, I'm also curious to know how they got you in finance. You know, because most Marines coming off the streets, they're like, "Yo, we're gonna throw you in the infantry." They're like, "We well, play football, cool. You're gonna be a machine gunner." But you, they were like, "You're good with numbers." They're like, "We need you in the back office. We need you helping lead this finance department." So somebody spotted talent early on. I'm telling you. Had to. You must have done something good on that ASVAP or something. <laughs> no, man. Uh, so I'll be I'll be extremely. This is something I don't think not many people even know, but uh, I actually in boot camp, our senior my my senior drill instructor, uh, man, Tricky Finch uh, was this dude's name. All right, I have not seen this dude in forever. All right, but since then, and uh, but. I I was I was still like an going to be an infantry uh, marine, right in boot camp, and uh, I was like struggling when I first got there. And this dude kind of pulled me in his office, and he's like, "What's up, man?" And I'm like, I, "Like I don't know if I'm making the right decision, right?" You know, remember I, I mentioned that, that like that realization of commitment to action. And he says, uh, "He's like, what if I get you in like a finance role or something?" And I was like, honestly, like I. I I, like, I think that'd be beneficial, right? Like, it's, you know, that would put me on a better path. And this man made some calls, got it, got my MOS switched, and then ended up, and again, that's why I say, you know, I say I'm grateful to be an honor grad. Like, he, he like, made me uh, the guide not long after that. And, like, that was it. Like, I, he empowered me to, to the races. like, 100%. 
Tricky Finch, man. Like, this dude changed my life. And, like, I don't even know if he knows that. Crazy. Yeah. It's funny. Um, Jim Collins talks about return on luck, right? We all get opportunities for luck in our life, but it's those that take the football and run with it. And you took it and ran. You know, you was crawling around in the mud. You're like, man, I don't know if I want to do this forever. You know, that that same thing happened to me, right? Like, you know, you go from being an infantry officer, like, yeah, man, this is it. This is it. Then you start seeing them majors and stuff still sleeping in the mud. And you're like, I don't know if I want to do that at 45. I might not make it. Um, But uh, that's good on you, man. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm really asking you to kind of share this background is, you know, you go to these conferences. We're in the bunker. It's super officer heavy. It just is what it is. Right. Ain't no secret. Right. People wearing the little blazers and the name tags. Right. But this is a real inclusive community, man. And we want more. We got so many amazing vets and military spouses out there. Right. From the service academies to the universities, ROTC to the enlisted communities all across the country. And yet there's this still this kind of similar profile and persona. Um, and so as soon as you talked to me, you were like, yeah, man, I was listed Marine. I'm like, yo, I need you to meet my squad leaders like right off the bat. You know, because I've, I've talked, I have a squad leader who's a good friend of mine, will be in my wedding one day. His name's Tim Nelson. I still call him my squad leader. Um, but he talks about, like, the support network he felt like he didn't have when he transitioned out the military, you know? And so me, I had all these academy people I could lean on. You know, a lot of us served together in the military anyways, right? Like, same units and everything. But, you know, him, he didn't have that. So I pulled him in my ecosystem. You know, I'm always checking on him. He and I did a go rec together and all this other stuff. But like not everyone has that. And so as we start to think about the impact we want to create here with this platform and in the bunker, it's like, man, what do we got to do to reach more of the enlisted community? A hundred percent, man. Yeah, no, I, I uh, it's it, I think about that all the time. Like how many how many there are out there, right, that uh, that if we could foster that uh, the the possibilities, right? To ship, just to show them like what the like, what the possibilities are out there, right? If they put in the work uh, in the right way, um, that I, I think that there's a whole lot of badass uh, people, right? I mean, this is, that's what you're talking about, right? It's it comes down to the people and and you know who they are as individuals, right? Not not a you know not not what their experience was up to that date necessarily of joining, right? It's it's like you know, what, what your intent is in the world, right? Do you intend to add value uh, to the world, right? Or do you intend to take away value uh, from the world? We can, like, you know, f- find those people and weed them out. You keep using this term, add value. Where'd you hear that? Who taught you that? I mean, uh, you know, I think he gets thrown around a lot a lot these days. Uh, I mean, you hear a lot a lot these days. But, uh, again, like, I, I think it's important to... to to grab onto those simple terms, right? It's like, man, a, a, a buddy of mine, uh, Luke Seminer, man, I'm plugging the hell out of uh, these people that are, that are I, I, I believe in. Uh, but, you know, he mentioned, he talks about it in terms of a pie, right? And so there's people who make the pie bigger, right? And then there's people who take slices, right? And so yeah. Um, you know, whether it's whether we're talking about a pie or we're talking about value in the world, right? Uh, you know, it's 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 creating more, right? Giving giving more to people, right? Uh no different than, you know, trade out value for energy, right? Like 
I'm coming in here, man. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to match your energy. You got incredible energy. Uh, everybody that, that you touch uh, generally comes out of that situation feeling much better, right? Like they feel like they've, they've been given something, right? Like that's, that's powerful, right? So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I look at value, right? Value is interchangeable with any, any sort of a limited resource. Yeah, the reason I was asking because all these terms that I know now that I, I see, like, like again, you and I, we're the same people, right? So a lot of this language I didn't have as an 18-year-old kid running around Texas. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure, like, you may or may not have had it, you know, in the back of a trailer park um, in Louisiana. And now we're in this space, and we're all we motivated by helping people. You know, we had this, like, abundant mindset. Like, the more people we can help, the more of us uh, – you know, the more value there is out there for all of us to capture instead of having this like, you know, you come from those environments. It's so easy to come from that scarcity mindset. Oh, there's just enough for me. You know, oh, this is the like I remember growing up. I could never understand how these people could go bankrupt over and over again. But now I get it. They're like, I go bankrupt. It ain't in the world. I'm going to make it back again. Right. They've they've trust their ability to invest in themselves versus the people that like get the money. Like, I hope I never lose it. You know, and they clench it so tight. You know, and they don't realize it's their ability to always create value. You know, the ability to drop me in the middle of Alaska and I'm still going to figure it out. I'm going to build something. I'm going to make something happen. And that's the kind of mindset that I have now. And I feel like that's the kind of mindset you have as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that, that ties in well, right? Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you put it in those terms because I'm, I don't know if you're like this too, right? But you, come, uh, you know, I use the phrase come from humble beginnings, but, uh, you know, I still have family members and uh, and some old friends that every now and then will you know will be in touch and uh, and it's like it's a drag you know it's like I wish that I could I wish that I could uh, I could lay it out in a way for them to see it <laughs> right um, I haven't been successful yet you know? yeah but uh but that's what it comes down to right like the people the people that we're surrounded with are doing just that you know looking for ways to add value to everyone around you. You just said you haven't, you don't feel successful yet. So you don't feel like you've made it thus far. There's no in, in the end is, is death, <laughs> right? Like, um, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's all relative, man. Like, you know, I think that's, that's, what's important too, um, uh, is, is to always have a purpose, you know, like what do you, what is your, what is your prerogative, right? Like, what are you trying to get, get accomplished to, you know, uh, you know, and then that's why I think it's important to keep keep looking for ways to add value, right? Do so in a way. If you're a carpenter, then just be a badass carpenter. You know, like do if, if that makes you happy, like if working with wood makes you happy, then do it. I guarantee you, there are people out there who value that, right? Find find where they are, and and serve them. You know what I mean? Like that's that's it. feel like there's this trap in life particularly amongst entrepreneurs of where like we think we're gonna make it to this next level then all our problems are gonna be solved and then now we're just dealing with different problems you know hundred thousand dollar payroll problems and stuff etc right and you're like damn man i didn't have to worry about this before when i was you know six figure hustling but I always think about that right this idea of like what are we all working towards you know how we know how are we going to know when we make it right so you know i'll give another example right going to the Army-Navy football game every year at the Naval Academy, right? And you would go to the game, and then you would see the, uh, 
what are the booths called where like you assume the wealthy people are? Like that. You know, they have the uh what is it called? Yeah, the boxes, right? And you're like, man, who's up there? I gotta I can't wait one day till I'm up there, right? Little do you know later that it's purely it could be purely about relationships. You know how many box <laughs> seats I've been in lately? Yeah, you know, purely from just hey Mike, you know, are you going to the Army Navy game? Cool, we got a box. Bring you and Simone, you know? And next thing you know, you're in the box on like the 50-yard line or in the end zone. And you're like, what if life is not what we perceive it to be at all? Like, we always assume that the person in the jet plane or on stage, you know, answering questions on a panel and all this other stuff or the people writing books. And then you realize, like, we all have the capability to do that. It's just not always what it seems behind the scenes. So this idea that, like, we have to wait until we make it to be able to do these things could be a trick in itself, you know? And the reason I was asking you that, because I know what it's like when you first start a business, you got this idea then you catch the fish and you're off to the races and you're like, now it's real. I'm working on my business full time. I'm hiring people. But like, do you ever feel like you, do you feel like you made it then? Because you think about how you felt being nervous and anxious of like, oh man, will this work? We're taking a risk, yada, yada, yada. Man, I do my best as often as possible to pause and reflect and try to like just, you know, search for gratitude. Right. And that's a that's an intentional exercise because it is easy to not do that. It is easy to to not see uh, what, what all you've got, what all you've gained. Right. And it's, it's easy to just get caught chasing problems. You know, uh, so. I think, you know, just pausing and trying to reflect is, is, and so, uh, you know, uh, that's one of the most successful ways that I, I've found, uh, to, to combat, right. Uh, just, you know, like just staying centered, right. It's like, like we're all, we're all sort of equals here in the world, right. Like it isn't a linear path, uh, it actually at all, <laughs> right. It's, it's not, yeah. uh, a buddy of mine once told me, uh, Glenn Foster, uh, was his name. Uh, he was actually uh, killed in, uh, killed by police in Alabama. Um, he played for the Saints. Um, crazy. Uh, anybody has heard about Glenn's story, you still don't know what happened to him, but uh, actually, but, uh, so Glenn, though, uh, one night we were, we were hanging out and he's like, uh, you know, the world is, is like a bunch of wells, right? Like you climb out of the well and then you're in another well. And you climb out of that well, and you're in another well, you know. And like, I mean, that's it, it, like that's what, kind of what you're saying, right? Is like, uh, and so, you know, like pulling yourself out of all those situations and realizing that that you know, it, you do you are really writing your own book here, right? Uh, everybody's writing their own book. Like you are you are in control of what you do and don't do on a daily basis, right? So like, just take responsibility, right? Uh, for for what you you can control right and control that to the best of your ability and ideally what you're controlling to the best of your ability are things that add value to other people around you right uh i think i think if you if you live that way um you will find success right you will find you know that, that your life is a, is a is a good experience and uh you know you you'll you'll and you'll also leave behind uh, good, th- you, it's contagious, right? Like you'll leave behind uh, good things for our future. I was uh, listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy was talking about like positive vibration, you know. 
And so when people are positive, they're gracious, they're humble, they're thankful, you feel those vibrations. You know what I mean? It's like contagious. Like you want to be around it. People are negative, <laughs> miserable. They attract that attention. And it's, it's crazy because you can be up against it, right? You got cash flow issues. You know what I'm saying? You got personal issues. It's so easy during those moments to not still practice gratitude. Um, but now that you know, right, being conscious of it, it's going to change. It changes everything. You know, there have been days where I've just been so overwhelmed, like I talked about before. And then I jump on a workshop for Bunker Labs and teach something for 30 or 45 minutes. And people are so thankful and you fall away feeling so much better, you know, or those days where you're like, <laughs> you know how it is when you're chasing leads, you're doing good, right? Emails booming, phones ringing. Then there are days where it's just silence, nothing, all quiet on the Western front, right? And then you got to go back and be like, all right, what do I got to do? If I just start by helping people, I'm going to help, you know, helping everybody every day. I'm going to find somebody to help today, you know, in some way. Put that positive energy out in the universe and then stuff starts happening. So I know for some of y'all out there, this probably sounds a little hokey pokey. But when we're in the Marine Corps, we're in the military, we had to be so hard all the time. It was a different mindset. We didn't get to talk about this kind of stuff. And so entrepreneurship is a whole nother beast, man. You're going on this journey, not just by yourself. You know, you got friends, you got family. There's a lot of mental chatter that comes with it. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I ask every veteran entrepreneur I come across, what's harder? People have been Navy SEALs, Rangers, 10 combat deployments. Nine times out of 10, they say, this is harder. And I know people try to say, oh, um, you know, you'll never have anything as hard as you've done in the military. But it's like a different field of leadership. You got payroll. You got people that are responsible. For, you've got clients that you're responsible for. That's their livelihood. So to say that this isn't serious, this is just some game, man, it's not. And so just trying to share, you know, lessons learned um, to help navigate it. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Now, Taylor, what's your BHAG? What's your big, hairy, audacious goal, that North Star you're working towards? Oh, man, for us, uh, so figuring out how to scale, right, is uh, in, and, uh, you know, we have these ideas of, of, uh, of having this marketplace, uh, right, so where, you know, because there's still a huge gap, right, like they're all, you know, before a company hires someone of, of, uh, with a finance background and accountant, right? Before they hire like a whole, a, you know, a full-time accountant, right? Like companies pretty big generally, right? Uh, they're doing, you know, 10, 15 million in revenue per year, um, you know, depending on the type of company for, if it's e-commerce, it could be bigger, right? Um, so, you know, because they've got, they got cost of goods sold, it's so high. So their, their margins uh, are just lower, right? So. What we're trying to do is is build out packages of services that bridge the gap uh, to that full time role, right? And uh, and so we're kind of trying to write the playbook on, on our end, right? By you know with very smart people, like working with certain types of companies, we want to build out this playbook. And you know what I think, you know, and this is where it's like you know what move do we make here? Um, but like. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we'll, if we could get a marketplace going to where, right, like, 
you know, people like Taylor's, right? Like, you know, someone with a finance background that's you know, in Washington or in you know, New York or whatever the case, right? They, like, they, they're smart people that like they could be helping these companies. They could probably help t- 10, 10 companies. Like, they can be an accountant for 10 companies, right? And, uh, and so, like, if we can figure out a way to connect those people with these companies who, who need, need the type of uh, services they, they can provide, right? Um, that would be a huge step, right, in itself, right? Is that, that would be, that, I mean, not, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the BHAG, right? Is like, uh, just, cause man, it's crazy. I guess it's crazy. Like the big, the big problem, uh, that exists, right? Is like just the majority of companies, especially in the small business world, right? Uh, so we are mostly working with startups. Like these are, these are like, the next generation of entrepreneurs, right? They're entrepreneurs today, but like they're building the next generation of entrepreneurs. Um, the small businesses, so, you know, companies who have been oper- in operation for 10 years or so, they're all kind of trading hands slowly behind the scenes with the next generation. And like, they don't have funny, like they don't have financial statements, right? Like, I know if, if, if you're an entrepreneur and you're hearing this, right? Like you should know what financial statements are. <laughs> they're, they're a need in your company, right? And, uh, you know, like none of them have them. None of them are accurate. And so, you know, if they want to buy their, buy their, uh, a company, they want to sell their company, they want to get, get capital, right? Like it's required to have these things. And, uh, and so, you know, if we can democratize, you know, basic financial statements, there are a ton of other value added, uh, you know, or ways we can add value around that. And that's kind of what we're building the playbook for right now to keep ourselves alive uh, in the process, right? To get to that like a larger goal, which would be just creating financial clarity for the entire business market, all of all of them, all businesses. Like, what you know, let's let's leverage AI, let's leverage people. Like, what, like these companies should have more clarity around like their financial position and performance, ongoing. You got a badass name too, Countable. I can see it. You know, hey, you're a business owner. You need to. You need an accountant. Go to Countable, right? You get connected with a, a financial um, accountant, right? People work remote. You know, maybe they're working with ten different companies. Maybe you can niche down. You find a accountable accountant that specializes in your industry. I see the vision, man. I think it's a great BHAG. And so, two questions for you before we wrap up. Number one. What closing remarks and advice do you have for our listeners as they continue to pursue their own entrepreneurial journey? And number two, as a community, how can we elevate and support the work you're doing accountable? Okay. Um, so honestly, uh, for the transitioning folks out there, um, you know, entrepreneurship is, is, uh, an incredible learning experience, right? So. I think, uh, you know, especially in today's environment where the, you know, just economic cl- climate is going to get a little bit tighter over the next few years, right? Like start exploring these opportunities. Like you can get online and you can start, uh, you can find people who have uh, problems, right? Like, or, you know, whatever the problems are that you've experienced uh, to date that you can see other people experiencing, go start, go start, you know, poking at them and figuring out like what those, those problems are, you'll be surprised, uh, you know, how like, you know, you could maybe create a very simple solution and then 
help other people uh, by providing it to them. Um, so you know, I'd say to sort of, you know, this, there's no time like the present, right? Like go chase your dreams is kind of the theme there. And then uh, for uh, for the other side, can you repeat the question again? The second for question. the other side, how as a community can we support and elevate the work you're doing at Countable? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this this one's definitely a little bit more of a struggle for me. Um, you know, honestly, a, a lot of a lot of our focus right now is just uh, internal operations, right? Because um, you know, we are a, a team of of people uh, still trying to figure out how to serve more customers. So um, we could benefit from someone who has a finance background as well as a software uh, engineering background of sorts. Um, it, like being connected with someone that's in that space, right? Uh, you know, being a veteran would be a plus as well. But I think that if I could chop it up with someone who has that sort of experience, uh, then we could do some pretty incredible things together. So uh, introductions to, to someone who has, you know, I'll say accounting, finance, uh, accounting or finance and software development background. Love it, man. I appreciate you making time to share your story and those lessons learned with our listeners. Thinking out loud, we got to get you connected with MetLife, right? They're one of the sponsors of this podcast. We couldn't do it without them. And, you know, that's fintech all day, you know? And uh, they've been chomping at the bit to be able to um, jump on the platform and stuff. So, God willing, we can make a connection for that. And if you all are out there and you know someone, that'd be a good connection for Taylor. Go ahead and message him on LinkedIn. Drop him a line, man. We appreciate you. Y'all are lucky to have him in the community as an ambassador because it's hard enough being responsible for your own company and then also being the champion in the local community, that guiding light for other veteran entrepreneurs, man. And so uh, what you do is important. And again, we don't take uh, we don't take your, your volunteer work for granted. So appreciate everyone for tuning in to this episode. Do me a favor and make sure you subscribe to the transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. If this is Tavi like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.